Hey, welcome to the Night Church Podcast, where we meet every Friday evening for worship at the Loma Linda University Church for young adults by young adults. We hope this encourages you and someone else you know. Enjoy. Jesus, thank you so much for being such a merciful God unto us. Lord, we come here tonight on this last praxis event of the year, and Lord, we say thank you, Jesus, for all you have done in 2023 for us. But God, we are yearning for what more is to come for us. Lord, we know that you are such a good God and merciful and mighty unto us that says, what I began in you, I will complete And so, Father, we are waiting for the completion of so many things. We're waiting for the completion of degrees, of relationships being restored, of relationships beginning. We're waiting for money to find its way into our checking accounts, for jobs to be had, for believers to come out of those in our family who do not yet confess your name. God, we are waiting for so much to be completed. And, Father, in this Christmas season, we hold on with hope remembering a God who came as a babe through a virgin birth, who died and lived as a human man and said, I came to do this for you. So Father, in this name we pray, amen. Turn with me with your Bibles to the book of Matthew. It's an interesting book that tells the Christmas story. It's it's a book that was written for the purpose of a Jewish people. It was written for those who came from that lineage of those Hebrews and those who understood kind of the idea of the Jewish laws and what it took to be a Jew and all of the caricatures of interesting customs. It was written to speak to those who might yet still not believe. And so the story of Matthew, Matthew being one of the disciples of Jesus, begins like this through the genealogy of 14 generations. Then it hits David, and then it goes another 14 generations till their captivity. And then it tells another 14 generations of people after that, leading all the way to Jesus. The reason for this is that Matthew wanted to make sure that everyone who was Jewish understood, hey, listen, this is so important for you to capture. He came literally all the way from Adam. He is one of us. Why is that so important? Because the Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah would come out of the lineage of David, the king, the first kind of major king. There was Saul, but this was the first faithful king of Israel. And so he tells the story through those eyes. But then he begins and tells a very interesting way of Jesus' birth. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus is as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together. Hmm, what does that mean? Like before they hooked up, like before, you know, before they slept together, before they like, what, betrothed. Like what are these words, man? Well, in Jewish custom, there was first an engagement. An engagement was something that happened literally maybe while you were children. Moms and dads were like, no, 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 no. The issue of marriage is way too important for me to leave it to your fickle feelings. 
Are you kidding me? This has nothing to do with love. This has to do with intellect. Their family, my family, your family, how much money we got on the table. Is he good looking? Is he healthy? Is she healthy? Can she bear a child? Do we know their lineage? Are they of good stock? Like, oh gosh, wow, okay. So that was the engagement. And then came the betrothal. This was now when they came of time to potentially be married, they were betrothed to each other. This was an official, legal, binding moment when they would become husband and wife. This was a process that took a full year. Talk about, man, the anticipation of getting married and you're called husband and wife, but you can't actually sleep together. You can't live in the same house. You, there was none of that. But it was a time period in which there would come, hey, this is it. And if you want to break a betrothal, you would have to literally get a divorce. So when it says they were betrothed, that's what it meant. They were in that one-year waiting period before the official marriage would occur. And so Joseph, being the kind of guy that he was, listened to what happened. She was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. She was found to be a child with the Holy Spirit. Why is that even important? What, why would that even, how could that happen? There's so many questions that emerge right now. But the thing is, the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah tells us that uh, the virgin would birth the Messiah. So when Matthew starts telling us that it was the Holy Spirit who spoke into this moment and, and literally impregnated, not by any physical act, but literally miracle. This was really important to be recorded and for the people of that Jewish descent to see this. Whoa, wait a minute. We heard this would happen and now it's being fulfilled. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, hmm, was minded to put her away secretly. You know, it's interesting Today, if you get a divorce and you're anyone of significance, that immediately goes on Twitter, on Instagram. We have decided it is public. The news is out. We just want to tell you before. Tabloids hear it, then they're and everyone hears about it. But Joseph said, Listen, I don't want to embarrass this girl. I don't want to make a scene about this. I want to honor her and I want to honor this. A lot of times when people end relationships, it's so interesting. Man, they can be bloody and nasty. I have had many a tears and a many a words flung in my office about another person that someone dated or was engaged to or married to. I mean, the things I've heard. You got to know how to break up, man. It's so important. Break up well. Anyways, that's a whole other sermon series coming in the beginning of the new year. We're talking about Jesus now and Joseph and Mary. Joseph did it secretly. He was a kind and thoughtful guy. But while he was thinking about being kind, God was like, wait a minute, you don't get it. You don't understand. I'm doing something miraculous. This idea of her being found to be pregnant. It's like your fiance, you got this whole beautiful wedding planned. I mean, you paid for the event, you paid for the food, the cater, the flowers, everything's... You worked hard. And all of a sudden you find out from a buddy of yours, bro, did you see her stomach? What do you mean? 
We've been eating well before the wedding, yeah? No, man. I think something else is going on. What else could be going on? We've been together all the time. We're hanging out. There's nothing going on. No, man. You need to talk to her. What? You've been? What? You see, in our human idea, this is what we would believe. This is what would happen. She cheated on me. How could she have done? She cheated on I'm a great guy. I've got everything put together. I've got a nice house. I've got a car. I've got, oh no, our whole future. That's what Joseph was thinking to some degree. There was, wow, how could this have happened? But you see, the text doesn't stop here because something happened that no guy in our modern world could really understand fully. And so God had to really intervene in a unique way to make sure it was clear something else is happening here. This is not what you think it is, Joseph. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people of their sins. There's a lot here to break down. But two really important concepts emerge. You see, Joseph is visited by God through a dream. A lot of times we forget that God still wants to speak to us today. He yearns to speak to you and me. He, he desires for you to understand clearly what his will is for your life. One of the most misunderstood miracles of the Christmas story that young adults today need to realize is that there was a young adult here, two of them, one in his potentially early 30s, and another one who was just getting on the precipice of being a young adult. She was potentially, as many scholars believe, a teenager. Who were obedient to the voice of God. How do we know that Joseph was obedient? Because the text then goes on, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth the firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. Joseph and Mary both got visions from God clearly understanding what was going on in this miraculous moment, and they obeyed. One of the miracles of the first Christmas experience is that two young adults heard from God, listened, trusted, and obeyed. Do you understand the significance of what that means for you and me? God wants to do incredible things in your life. Now, we're not going to go back to doing the whole virgin birth and God coming out of someone again. That's, that, that, that happened. That's done. But God wants to do miraculous and wonderful things in your life today, still, now. 
God wants to move through you. He wants to make impacts in your life. He wants you to understand clearly what is to come. He wants you to be fulfilled in this life by trusting, learning to trust His voice throughout the confusion, the distractions, the hardships, the struggles, the breakdowns, the sin, and then the makeup again. God, I'm sorry. Please, Lord, help me. He wants to be that God that you can trust through that journey, and then that you get to a point where you're like, Lord, I'm tired of this journey that I've been on. I'm ready to obey. But the only way that we can actually get to a point of obeying the Lord is actually knowing when He's speaking. Because sometimes it's so hard to understand, God, is this you? Did I just eat something funny last night? Like, what's going on? Is this really a dream from you, or am I just not getting enough sleep? I'm drinking too much caffeine. What? How do I know, Lord, that this is you speaking? God still speaks. How do I know that? Because the scriptures tell us that my sheep will what? Hear my voice. Jesus literally tells us that he will speak and those who are his sheep will hear his voice and they will follow. The question you have to be asking yourself, Lord, am I following after you or am I following something else? Because the Bible tells us that there will be wolves literally in the church, wolves around in the world. There is a lion, the Bible says, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, a lion looking whom he may devour. Some people are following something else that isn't Jesus at times. How do we follow the wrong thing? Very easily. Very easily. If there was deception even during the times when Jesus was around, there will definitely be that in our time and day and age. I don't have to list all the ways that we will start following the wrong thing. Just look into your own life and your own past and ask yourself, when you were going down the wrong direction, And all of a sudden you woke up like, how did I get here? Yeah, how did you get here? Start deconstructing that. How in the world did you arrive at where you did? Remember the story of a young man who was found at the car scene, a car crash. He was a drunk punk kid who found himself running over a pastor And two women that he was trying to help who were stranded in their car that didn't know how to change a tire and he was trying to help them there on the side of the road. This young boy found himself drunk, driving his friends as well in the car, rammed into all of them, killing one of his friends, paralyzing another, killing the three people that were in front of him in the car ahead. How in the world did he get to a point where he was this just brash and willing to say, you know what, I'm fine, I can get in this car, I can do what I want, I'm fine. His parents neglected him for a lot of years. This is a true story that was documented in a really phenomenal, phenomenal book that I had the chance to read. And I just, as I was reading the account, I'm like, how did he get here? And I started listening to what happened in his life. His parents literally gave him a separate house that he could live in by himself. Dad gave him a credit card he could spend as he wanted, gave him an incredible F-350 work truck that he could drive wherever he wanted. His parents rarely ever checked on him and never really called him out for anything in his life. How did he get there? He was enabled. 
How did he get there? No one mentored him. How did he get there? He made certain decisions that he thought would make him cool and popular, and he went with that. How do you and I fall into spaces where we're like, how did I get here, God? How did this happen? Break it down. I'm so glad that you've been listening to the first part of the sermon. This sort of production does require some financial cost. If you'd like to reach more young adults with this across the world, would you consider giving at praxisministry.org? You can select the Praxis Young Adult Envelope. Enjoy the rest of the sermon. There's a few really important ways that I want you to understand here the text. The Bible says here that Joseph, Joseph listened. Joseph listened to the angel. Listened to the word, reflected upon what was said. If you want to understand and discern God's will, the incredible beauty of what Christmas really is, if you're going to discern that this is about Jesus and not some other gimmick of marketing strategies to buy more things and give presents and just eat great food, first way that you're going to discern God's will is you have to ask yourself, when you're listening for God's voice, does it line up with the Bible first? Does it line up with His Word? You're hearing something and you're like, I don't know. Does that line up with the scriptures? The Bible tells us there in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path. That means that when you are trying to understand something clearly, if it lines up with God's scripture, you can start walking on this path because, hey, I got a path that's built by God's solid scripture. I don't have to worry, am I blindly stepping into the dark here? No. God's word has aligned with this idea that you need to fix and figure out in your life. Beautiful way to start the year. Study and read God's word. We're going to start that actually in a couple weeks. We're going to have a campaign to read your Bible again. Now listen, it is hard. It's hard. I get it. Man, I'm I'm a pastor and it's hard for me at times to read the Bible. I, I make a confession here with you. Some people say I'm a confessional pastor, always confessing stuff. But I want you to know that I'm just like you. But if there is one really important thing for you and I to understand, we've got to understand God's word. Read it clearly. Spend time in it. And it's not a legalistic thing. People are like, oh, dude, such a cliche. Oh, my, this cliche pastor. Oh, just read your Bible. Okay. I could have gone home and just napped and I would have understood that. No, but that is such an important reality. Most of us don't actually do it. That's the thing. I can say it all day long, but it isn't until the Spirit of God awakes you in a hunger for His Word that you will wake up and one day say, Jesus, I need to sit with you. I need to be with you. Lord, I can't do anything else. I can't text my girl. I can't study for this test. I can't even go to work. I'm sorry. I'm going to be late because I need to be with the most important person in my life, Jesus You've got to have such a hunger for his word. Why? Time is short. Jesus is coming again. This babe who came then, the word says he will come again as prophesied. You will see him in the clouds and every knee will need to bow before the king of the universe. Are you ready for that day? That's Christmas. It's not just about a baby. The baby was the foretelling of what is to come. The promise fulfilled. He is returning. Are you ready?
Have we spoken of that to others? Christmas is about Jesus as a baby, but it's about remembering the fulfillment of what is to come. Reading, studying God's word, first step of discerning the voice of the Lord. Second, when you hear God and he speaks, do you have peace about it? Do you have peace about what he spoke? Now, this is a kind of a tentative one because the first thing, it has to line up with his word. You can't just be going, you know, I don't have peace about this. I just don't have peace about this. I don't, I, no, I, I can't have, I don't have peace about, like paying my tithe, are you kidding me? I just don't have peace about it because well, I got some other stuff I want to spend, but anyways, I don't have peace about it. If it's stated in God's word clearly and you still don't have peace about it, you got to go back to step one and find, do you trust what the word says? If you don't, it doesn't matter if you don't have peace about it. You're just in a rebellion. And you need to repent and find your heart back in step one. Do I trust his word that God is leading me into a good path? He is not withholding blessings. A lot of times as believers, particularly when we're younger in high school and in our young adult years, like, man, all these things I can't do. It's not about you can't do. It's just that God wrote the manual for you. It's not about like, oh, I'm holding things back. Bro, why are you putting diesel in a car that takes unleaded? Why? Why would you do that? One of my buddies, he texted me one day, bro, my wife put diesel in the car. I've heard of guys doing that too. I'm not, just, just really, okay, anyways. It isn't about God withholding anything good from you in your life. It's just that he understands what he created and how it functions best. Do you want to align with the best or do you just want to get by? A lot of people want to just get by in this life who are believers. Listen, I just just need to get to the next day, bro. I got a lot going on in my life. The Bible says just worry about today and right now I just want to do what I want to do because I need to get by. There's a song about that, isn't there? I won't sing it. It's not a nice song. but You know, the thing is, it's not anymore about getting by. 2024 is coming, and I want everyone to live an unbelievable year. I want you to live such a year that you're going to live by God's best for you. Do you have peace about it? Paul tells us, let the peace of God rule your hearts. A lot of us are in an anxious world. We are paralyzed by anxiety, and man, I get it. Mental health is one of the most prominent subjects for young adults today because we don't know how to just make it in this world right now. There's a lot going at us. There's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of expectations. I get it. Does it line up with the Bible? Does you have peace about it? Lastly, what do your mentors say? Back to the Psalms, David writes, in the counsel of many counselors, there is wisdom. You know, it's so interesting. People literally pay, this is the funny thing, they pay counselors, therapists right here, Pastor Jamie, they'll pay someone to be a therapist, the therapist will give them advice, and then they'll go home and be like, that therapist, I don't even know what they're talking about. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I've had with people. My wife and I have started counseling so many times, but every time we get to a point where they start calling out stuff about the, her or him, they're like, I don't, want, I don't want to go back. 
I don't want to go back to that. Why? Because so many of us don't want to actually look and do the introspection and be like, wait a minute, I've actually got a problem I got to deal with. I got to take ownership of my life. Right now in these young adult years, extreme ownership is something every single one of us have got to own up to. Extreme ownership. Don't let anything go by. You see, the thing is, in the book of Song of Solomon, Solomon wrote it really interestingly. He wrote about this love experience he had with this beautiful, wonderful woman. Whether it was written at the end of his life and he looked back or it was written before it all began and the, anyways, the journey that he took, he writes, we got to deal with the little foxes that will cause issues for us. There in chapter four, chapter two. You see, he understood he's got to deal with the little things, otherwise they will become big problems in his life. You and I have got to own up to the little stuff take ownership for it all. And you've got to listen to those people that are giving you counsel, that are trying to bless you. Is someone a believer? Are they a trusted mentor? Have they led you well in the past? Well, listen to what they're saying. Does it align with God's word? Do you have peace? Boom, go through the steps again. You see, here, Joseph and Mary were given one of the most amazing things. They were given literally the voice of God through an angel that spoke to each one of them. A trusted mentor, absolutely. God wants to do that again in your life. God wants that experience of two young adults encountering the voice of Jesus and doing wonderful things in your life. Each one of us have to go back to this story over and over and pay attention to the fact that two human beings heard God, wrestled with what that meant, and then obeyed. That's the same thing we can have today. I don't want you to miss out on the gift of the true Christmas gift, which is Jesus Christ yearning to be the Emmanuel, the God with us. How many of us are just pushing God aside out of Christmas? How many of us are pushing God just simply out of our life? I want to challenge you with three things as the band comes up today. Think about a few things. The first one is this. Is there a steadfast journey of walking with Jesus in your life right now? Is that just part of your life? The, I, the, the, the words of that beautiful hymn, trust and obey for there's no other way he in Jesus but to... It's a great song. I like that song. But the reality is that's a song that's really hard when you talk about the teenage and young adult years. It's hard to trust God. It is, it is. There's so many times I'm failing. There's so many times I hear the stories of young adults have had hard experiences. And so I want to ask you, if you're, if you're struggling with this act of trust, I want to encourage you. Would you take faithfully the commitment to walk with Jesus more intentionally this next year? Would you join us in the Bible reading plan? Would you join us for the revival experience January 5 to 13 that's going to be happening nine nights in a row? I know it's a huge commitment, but you've got to make radical changes to understand the blessing of who God is in your life. We can't just be baby Christians anymore. You're young adults. You've got to own your faith. Take it. Take it. Run with it. Do something amazing, but it starts with you and I having a vibrant, meaningful walk with Jesus. Number two, number two, do you have a prayer life? Do you have a prayer life? 
for many of us, it's really hard to understand this act of praying to God. Like, yeah, I pray I, I, when I come to church and, or, you know, before a meal. And those are wonderful times to pray, but, but a prayer life that is sustaining, that is powerful, that, that leads you to understand the voice of the Holy Spirit, a prayer life that you're recognizing who God is and what He wants for you and, and having that type of a relationship where it's like, wow, I actually communed with a person. I leave this time of prayer and I'm like, Lord, thank you. I feel nourished. Heaven spoke to me. And thirdly, do you worship and believe Jesus? It's a question that leads to now what I'm going to call you to. If you believe and worship Jesus, then you've got to tell the Christmas story to people. You've got to tell them the real Christmas story. It isn't about, did I get you a gift? Do you know about St. Nicholas? It's a wonderful story. I love that story. Many Christian parents, they'll go back to that because, well, it's Christmas. It's a pagan day. We've got to tell you about St. Nicholas. And that's awesome. But do you tell people about the Jesus who came as a baby, a miracle of miracles? And do you tell them that he rose again and that he wants to be in your life, that he loves you, that he has a plan for you, that he has more? Do you tell people about it? Because if you believe him and they say yes and you trust him, then you've got to speak about it. You've got to share about this incredible God who is coming again. That's Christmas. This Jesus who who loves humanity so much so that he came to be with them. And he wants to be with everyone. Would you invite him into your heart today? Would you share that story with someone? There's someone who needs to know of such a God that they're not alone, that they're unburdened from the struggles and pains of their life. Would you be such a Christian to study God's word, to pray, that heaven would hear, that you would believe in Jesus so much so that you would actually share about him. Thank you so much for listening to the Night Church Podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. And if you have, maybe you can share this with a friend. If you'd like to stay in touch, you can follow us on social media at Praxis Ministry or come visit us in Loma Linda on a Friday evening. We'll see you in the next episode.